Welcome to Walking Dharma Podcast, the podcast that attempts to demystify classical spiritual teachings and apply them to modern day living. I'm your host, Kristen Coyle. Welcome, everyone. This episode marks the official start of season two of Walking Dharma Podcast. After taking a year and a half hiatus from podcasting, I am feeling reinvigorated and ready to share the Dharma, the truth, the truth which holds us all together with you all. And this first episode of season two is called How to Use Your Voice. And for me, it's super relevant because for the last year and a half, I've remained mostly silent I've really taken time to receive new teachings and given myself plenty of time to digest those teachings despite feeling pressure to get the show back on the road, despite feeling pressure to, quote, put myself out there and let my soul shine. There's been a part of myself that hasn't been so willing. I have felt this deep need to be in a cocoon of my partner and my little nest in the Berkeley Hills. I have been working mostly one-on-one with my yoga students rather than in large groups as I typically would. And in this time, I have felt like I've become more sensitive. I've become more tender and more aware of the soft spot within my own heart, within my own being that invites me to accept whatever is arising within rather than trying to force some creative energy or force output that isn't organically arising. So it is my prayer today that as I share this episode called How to Use Your Voice with you, that I can be a clear channel of this information and a clear conduit for what my heart wants to say to you all. And with joy, I hope that you receive it. And if you don't receive it, I hope you can trust that it doesn't resonate with you and follow your truth, no matter what. Titling this episode, How to Use Your Voice, is super relevant for me right now. And I've been sitting with this idea that a lot of us have a fear of speaking up, a fear of saying the truth when it may rock the boat, and that that fear is often based in childhood trauma, and also ancestral trauma. It's like raise your hand if you know a family member who's been persecuted for speaking out or using their voice to call upon an injustice or something that wasn't right. For me, I can think of several experiences my family members have had, several examples right off the top of my head. And I'm wondering if you can too. And if you can, there is a chance that you have trauma around speaking up and saying what is true as well. And when I was younger, I actually identified this pattern within myself. And so I just started spouting my opinion no matter what. And to be expected, I was met with a ton of resistance, a ton of pushback. And what I wanted to say was never really truly received because I didn't know how to express myself in a way that was from that soft, vulnerable space within. Rather, I was expressing myself because I thought that's what I needed to do to reverse this 
desire to hold back and stuff things in. Fast forward, after a couple years of doing that, suddenly I shut down again because I realized that anytime I spoke up or oftentimes when I spoke up, I was met with a lot of rejection or people not liking me. And, and that injured my young, youthful heart. I felt pretty insecure about it. So I decided to go quiet, or perhaps we could say passive-aggressive, which is probably a more accurate description. And eventually, I feel like these two things came around. I was able to express myself and also know when to spare people my opinion because perhaps it wasn't as relevant as I thought, or perhaps it was coming from a privileged place that was actually harmful to other people. And as I was sitting with making this episode, I thought to myself, what yogic philosophies can guide how we use our voice, how we speak up, how we claim the truth and say it and name it, whether it's because we need to emotionally or we need to for setting healthy boundaries or we need to because someone needs to be called out. Hint, hint. And more on that later. So what came to me was that when we use our voice, when we speak the truth, we need to find a balance between ahimsa, and ahimsa is nonviolence or non-harming, and satya, satya is truthfulness or honesty. And ahimsa and satya are the first two yamas or ethical observances, ethical restraints of the Raja Yoga, the Royal Yoga paradigm. And the Yoga Sutras says, in the presence of one established in nonviolence, all hostilities cease to exist. So what this is saying is when someone practices non-harming, non-violence, which some people call ahimsa kindness, when someone is in the practice of being kind, in doing no harm. Wherever they go, they radiate that magnetism all around them to everyone around them. Think of it like when an amazing sage or saint walks in the room. All of a sudden, every hostility in your heart, every intense thought that could be causing you harm starts to fall away. And I've actually had this experience the first time I met my yoga teacher, Yogi Sri Dharma Mitra. I was sitting in a crowded studio in Manhattan, fresh off of the boat from being in St. Lucia for an extended time period, and my first time in New York. And I was feeling super guarded for more reasons than one and really quite anxious about being in this room of very strong yoga practitioners. And all of a sudden, in walks Yogi Sri Dharma Mitra. And in a moment, all of that anxiety fell away, just from taking a glimpse of him and feeling his energy field. Suddenly, I felt renewed and like I was in a safe place. And that radical shift in my consciousness that I literally had no control over actually made me start crying. And I had tears just rolling down my face as I watched Dharma walk across the room gracefully and sit down on the podium. 
ready to conduct our sadhana, our spiritual practice. And so for me, this sutra, Sutra 235, in fact, really resonates because I've had that experience. So contemplate sometime in your life when you've been around someone who's super kind, who radiates love. It could be a family member, someone you barely know, or anyone in between. It could even be a meditation on a sage or a saint, such as Buddha or Allah or even Jesus Christ. But whenever you're in the presence of that being, whether it's the physical presence or the energetic presence, guaranteed you soften your heart. And that hardened outer veneer in the mask which we carry start to fall off organically. So we want ahimsa, non-harming, to help guide our communications. We want it to help guide the way we use our voice. Because what good is it to speak our truth if it just utterly destroys the people that we're speaking to or about? However, if we only adhere to ahimsa when it comes to using our voice, that may shut us down. Because we may start to project that everything we have to say, especially if it's a hard conversation, that it's just going to hurt people, so why bother? And I've been there so many times. It's like fearing conflict or being conflict avoidant, essentially, which is actually a trauma response. So the other guiding factor, which we have to balance with ahimsa, is truthfulness, which we call satya in Sanskrit. And satya, truthfulness or honesty, depending on who you ask, is basically an, an ethic system to live by. And the Yoga Sutra says, to one established in satya, truthfulness, actions and their results become subservient. I'm going to read that one again. To one established in truthfulness, actions and their results become subservient to that truth. And what this sutra, Sutra 236, is saying is that when you are fully established in your truth, when you fully know what you are about, and not you on that surface layer of like, oh, I like bananas, I don't like peaches. Not that truth. Because that is completely subjective. It's a matter of opinion. But when you are established in universal truth, which we would call dharma, right? When you are established in that reality, which of course can vary depending on our belief systems and our training and our life experiences. But when you are fully aware of what that reality is for you, what your dharma is, on that spiritual level, you start to establish yourself in that truth because you are clear. It shines like the sun on a clear blue sky day. Then you radiate that clarity into everything you do. And because you are so one-pointed and fully directed in that truth, whatever you do is because of that truth. And therefore, you create the result from living in that truth. And this is a really deep sutra. This is actually my favorite sutra because it, it sparks a little bit of energy with manifestation. And as you all may or may not know, I'm not a huge fan of saying, I willed it to happen. I made this happen. Because I think there's a lot of ego in that. And there's a lot of claiming credit 
for what the divine in combination with your free will has created. So I think we always need to remember that part of manifestation is our uh, karma and the divine energy that radiates with all of life. But part of it is free will. Part of it we do create. And what this sutra touches on is that when we establish ourselves in truth, in honesty as well, suddenly everything we do reflects that honesty and that truth. And that can't help but hit just right. That can't help but create what we are calling in. For example, if you believe that you make the best brownies in the world, chances are those brownies are really good. And if you don't taste them and they're not good, you don't know, right? So let's say you taste the brownie and you're like, oh, it's not good. Well, you don't make the best brownies in the world. Try again, right? So sometimes that's how it is. Being established in truth is like, is this right on? Oh, wait, I was a little bit off. Let me get back on my path or whatever I feel that is and then follow that. So when it says to one established in truthfulness, actions and their results become subservient, it's saying live your truth and your life will be a reflection of that truth. It is in the sutras, which is not new information. This is not new literature, people. This is time stamped and approved. And it is perhaps the most popular yoga book on the face of the earth. And why is that? It's for a reason right? Because this information is solid. This information resonates with people no matter what their culture, their religion, or their upbringing may be. So whenever we're talking about using our voice, we are absolutely talking about finding the balance between ahimsa, non-harming, and satya, truthfulness. And sometimes the balance with that can be tricky because sometimes what we have to say or what we need to honestly express could be harmful. It could be hurtful to others. But sometimes if we don't say it, it will destroy us. And I recently had an experience with this. And this is where I'm going to just say, this is a trigger warning. I'm about ready to share an incident of sexual harassment and perhaps using stronger words uh, minor sexual assault so if you don't want to hear that you may need to pause this episode and save it for another time so the reason i really want to share this episode and this is where perhaps it gets good is because a few months ago i had an experience with a bodywork client that left me feeling really unclear and really traumatized. And in this experience with this client, they crossed multiple boundaries that were not okay. And they said things that were super insulting. And what they said was incredibly harmful to their loved ones. And without sharing too much detail, this person also touched me in a way I did not want to be touched. And when I asked them to stop, they wouldn't stop until I asked them multiple times. However, in this experience, I also had a very strong freeze response by my nervous system, where when I needed to say, this bodywork session is over, I'm leaving, 
I froze. I went totally numb in my hands, in my feet, and my face. And I was unable to speak the truth and get myself out of that harmful situation. In fact, I played it off, which is a total lie. I acted like everything was okay. And I waited until the end of the session to leave. And then I sat on the information for several days before I even told anybody. And I tried to ignore that it had happened. I tried to clear my energy field and just move on. But there was this nagging voice within me that would not allow me to let it go. And so much to my chagrin and unhappiness that my comfy nest and bubble had been burst, I spoke up quite nervously, but with anger behind it. And that anger was fully justified. And when I spoke up, I first told one person and I saw their response. They were enraged. They were not surprised that this individual had done that, but they were so upset, not only for me, but just for the fact that this person could do this and get away with it. And I was literally about ready to let that happen. I was ready to stay silent, clench my jaw, swallow it down, and try to move on. And eventually it started to eat me alive even more. And then I told more people. I told people who I knew this information would be safe with. And every time before I told someone, I felt so much fear. I felt that heavy leaning towards ahimsa or non-harming start to take over. But it was starting to take over in a way that was stopping me from saying what was true and naming it factually for what it was and what it was creating within myself. But there was something within that would just not let me rest with it. And so I leaned into Satya, into honesty, and spoke the truth. And as my friend said, I kind of fell on the sword, right? Suddenly, other women started to come forward and say, you know what? This guy did X, Y, Z to me as well. He assaulted me as well. He harassed me sexually as well you know what, I was violated 10 years ago by this person and it's still affecting me now. These were the stories that started to come forward from other women in the community. And these are just women. The select folks I told knew. These were just women they knew in their immediate circle. So use your imagination that he definitely did this to more women, right, than just the few women in the immediate circle. And all of a sudden, I felt like I was the spotlight of this whole experience, right? Because although it kind of lay dormant for a couple months, suddenly people acted to call this guy out. And they did. They decided to essentially corner him and say, you did this and you can't lie about it anymore to the ones you love. You can't lie about who you are. And we see you. And this person reacted as predicted, tried to lie, then would waver between semi-accountability, but then lie again and cry many privileged tears. And as uncomfortable as this made me, as this is all starting to wrap up, I feel really happy that I was able to speak the truth. 
Because if I hadn't said that, I would still be living with this heavy on my heart, knowing that I had allowed someone to violate my human right of having body sovereignty, of having emotional sovereignty to decide who I let into my close sphere, meaning my physical temple. And because I spoke up, this person knows now they can't get away with it. And that truth I spoke actually leads to a greater ahimsa, a greater non-harming for the whole. Because now that this person has been called out, he's in the spotlight and people will be watching him. And that is ahimsa, right? Because if I hadn't spoken up, he would just continue to perpetuate harm to person after person and probably live his whole life getting away with everything he wanted because he had the power and the means to always wiggle his way out. So I share this with you all because one, it's super relevant. And the main reason why it's relevant is because it reignited my voice and allows me to be here with you all right now, once again. So although this situation was super intense on many levels, there's a part of me that's grateful because it's awakened me again. It's taken me out of my comfort zone of cruise control and put me going 180, hugging the edges of the cliffs, right? And in that, there's a quickening, a life force awakening that is pure gold. Because through sometimes our suffering, through our uncomfortable moments of saying what we need to say, we clear generations of ancestral trauma. We speak for those in our lineage who could not speak for themselves for fear of persecution and punishment and public shaming. And so for me, I did not just do that for myself. I did that for every single woman in my bloodline. And there's a power in knowing that we can use our voice to affect change, not only for ourselves, but for other people. And as a yoga practitioner, as a human being on this earth, it is actually our svadharma, our personal dharma, to do this, even just a little bit, but to do it, to say what is true. And also know that the aim of saying what is true is to create a scenario, a world, where ahimsa or non-harming is more fully observed. For example, telling your friend they look tired isn't really that great of a truth. They probably know they look tired. You don't need to tell them. It does more harm than good, right? But telling your friend you think that it'd be nice if we could relax and take some time just to reset, let's do something easy, they can resonate with that truth. See, it's the same truth. Telling your friend, let's do something relaxing and do something to promote our ease, something that's regenerative, is kind of like saying, yo, you look tired, you need to rest. But it's all about how you frame that truth. And this is skillful means, right? And skillful means in yoga can be seen as uh, a two-sided coin. One side of that coin is viveka. Viveka is discernment meaning navigate how you speak your truth with the discerning eye. Is it necessary? Is it helpful? Is it relevant? Right? And the other side of that coin is varagya, 
or dispassion or unattachment, right? It's like, why do we need to cling on to what we think is true if it's not going to help us feel clearer, help us overcome some painful experience, or to help others also find the light of whatever truth it is you're trying to convey. So just like ahimsa, non-violence, and satya, truthfulness, are like two sides of the same coin when it comes to expressing our truth, so is viveka, discernment, and vairagya, dispassion, unattachment, right? It's like ahimsa invites viveka or discernment. Because whenever we're navigating, how, am I, how can I be kind? How can I act in a way that does not harm other people? We have to see that we are discerning, that no matter what our intention is, our impact is more important. Impact over intent every day, all day, people. Because good intentions, as they say, go to hell in a handbasket. Because you could be wishing really well for someone, but your intentions don't necessarily create the results you want, right? It's like the time I had this, and this is such a silly example, but it's what's relevant perhaps in a small scale. One time I had a woman, I taught yoga for a couple weeks at this beautiful resort I used to teach at in St. Lucia. I had her tell me, meet me after work. I have a really special gift for you. And I was thinking, oh, yay, I'm going to get a special gift. This is so wonderful. I'm so excited. And then whenever I opened the gift, it was a pair of old earrings that was a bunch of pennies strung together with metal and reeked of old copper. <laughs> Used earrings. And I was so insulted. I was absolutely flabbergasted that this person thought that this gift could be relevant for me. And that was an example of her intentions were so clear. She wanted to give me something for showing appreciation for everything she had learned. But her impact was like a slap in the face. And that's a small scale. We could take this into issues of social justice, right? We could take this into issues of relationship. But to stay on point, whenever we're applying ahimsa, non-harming, to viveka, discernment, whenever we're applying non-violence and discernment to our life, we're always having to sift through things and being like, will the impact of my action have the effect I am looking for it to have? And we can only do our best, right? We can only educate ourselves as much as possible and try to do things with a clear conscience in a clear-headed approach with compassion, right? Isn't that the flip side of non-harming? Kindness, compassion, reverence. And then when we talk about applying viveka or discernment to satya, it's like, does what I want to say mean something to me? Or does it mean something to someone else? Or is it absolutely necessary that I say this to get this off my chest? And if you can answer yes to any or all of those questions, you've got to go for it, right? You've got to discern, yes, this is necessary. Yes, I need to speak my mind. Because if we're always spouting out opinions, if we're always stating what we think, sometimes it doesn't land as strongly as when we're really clear on what we want to say 
and we've taken the time to sit with it and then we express from this center of power this this guiding truth compass within ourselves when we express with discernment we express in a way that is potent and clear and that clarity is felt by others now when we talk about applying vairagya dispassion or unattachment to using our voice it's like this idea that sometimes we've just got to let things go on both directions sometimes we want to say something like perhaps i want to say something to my partner or nag at him about something but if it's going to create conflict i can let it go for now i can wait until there's a better time to say it or i can express it in a in a way that is respectful to his boundaries rather than just spouting it out because i don't know how to regulate myself I'm not saying stuff things in and hope for a better day. I'm just saying make sure that whenever you're going to express yourself, the people around you that you are expressing to are in a semi or fully receptive state to hear that truth, to hear that opinion of yours. We talk about varagya or unattachment and applying it to satya or truthfulness itself. The other end of that is like, I feel really afraid to say it. I'm going to hold it in. I can't let it go for fear of rejection or not being received. And sometimes we just have to say, you know what? I have to do this because if I don't, it's going to cause me great suffering. And as the Yoga Sutras say, suffering that has not come is avoidable. And sometimes we have to use our voice to create that circumstance where we say something because it's important or because we're going to protect others. And that creates a safety net to avoid future suffering that if we had kept our mouth shut would inevitably occur. So it's always this fine balance, everyone, between speaking with kindness, with ahimsa in mind, and speaking with truth, with what is honest and what is absolutely resonant within ourselves. And whenever we go to approach hard conversations, this information is specifically relevant because it's like a guideline to help us navigate being in relationship with ourselves and with other people and other beings. Whenever we apply vivika or discernment, meaning sitting with things, meditating, is that right on? Is that true for me? And varagya, unattachment, yes it is, and I feel fear, but I've got to say it anyway. You are creating a new paradigm for yourself and for those around you, where you, are, you don't avoid what is hard because it makes you feel aversion. And you don't run away from it because you are afraid that you won't be heard. In fact, when you speak from a place of ahimsa and satya, you will be heard. Because it will come through in a way that is respectful to the other people who are listening and also absolutely true, which truth comes from the heart and truth comes from the intuition, right? So if you are tuned into those aspects of yourself, you will be more likely to express yourself in a potent and one-pointed way. And as a wise person once said, those who are truly enlightened 
Say what they mean and mean what they say. So I wish you much empowerment on this path. Speak up if something doesn't feel right. Always protect others if you have the power to do so by speaking the truth. And if it feels like it's going to create more harm than good, write it in your journal, put it on a piece of paper and burn it, tell your closest friends. Another element worth bringing up about using our voice is notice if you are in a position of privilege or a position of power. And if you are, remember that what you say can sometimes have more impact. It can sometimes be more damaging. So really do the work, everyone. When you go to communicate what is true for you, think of others. Empathy is so crucial. And oftentimes I feel like it gets cast away because people need to speak their mind. And although I'm sure everyone feels special about their opinions, the reality is there's like 7 billion of us on this planet. And whenever we want to express ourselves, if we really want to manifest and let our actions become subservient to our truth, we want to follow this idea that speaking up and using our voice is always this fine balance between non-harming and saying what is true. And sometimes it's not coming across as saying, hey, can we please, or skirting around the issue. Sometimes it's saying, you know what? This is how I feel. This was not right. And I have a human right to say that. And if you feel so moved to protect others with your voice and to hold space for them, and you have the ability and the power to do so, make a point to do it. Because there are so many people who have generational trauma around speaking up. Who are afraid of losing their job. Losing their ability to feed themselves or their children or their family if they speak up. So if you have the power to do so in the privilege, then use it for the greater good. So to review our guiding sutras... In the presence of one established in nonviolence, all hostilities cease to exist. And to one established in truthfulness, actions and their results become subservient. And my invitation for you all is to keep studying these ethical codes, these yamas. And see where they land with you. What do you need work on? Do you need more work on saying what is true because you always hold back for fear of hurting others' feelings? If so, make it a practice. Say what's on your mind. Be discerning, but more than anything, have unattachment and let it go. Let it free into the world. Because chances are, if it resonates with you, it's going to resonate with someone else too. And if your work is on ahimsa, or nonviolence. Take a look at where you make jabs to people, where you try to position yourselves higher than others, and try to hold back. If you're the first person to talk in a room, if you dominate the conversation, try to spend a dinner party where you listen instead. Because using our voice is like an art form. We can overdo it and we can underdo it. It's like baking the perfect batch of brownies. Combine the right ingredients 
and it's the most divine, transformative thing in the world. Yep, I said it. Speaking your truth is like the best brownie in the world. So take a bite. Enjoy what you create with it. And live your life. Stop waiting for permission from other people to say what is on your mind. Trust that you know it and let it flow. Thank you so much for listening to Walking Dharma Podcast. Blessings. Blessings.